Hello and welcome to the latest Bicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, and it's Sunday the 8th of May. I'd like to welcome back to the Bicom podcast, Dr. Raz Zint. Raz, thank you very much indeed for joining me again. Thank you, my pleasure. Just by word of introduction, Raz is one of Israel's leading experts on Iran. He is affiliated to the excellent INSS, the Institute of National Security Studies, and he's also a research fellow at the Alliance Center for Iranian Studies at Tel Aviv University. So, Raz, if we can start, perhaps before we get into the, uh, to the meat of internal and, uh, and, and uh, Iran's foreign policy issues, and obviously the nuclear deal, perhaps kind of we start with kind of local news here, we're at the end of a, what some people are calling a, a wave of, uh, of terrorism, or certainly uh, an increase in, in various terror attacks. And I just wanted to ask you, kind of to make the connection about the incitement that we hear from Gaza, um, but also how much Iran is uh, encouraging that behind the scenes. And we know they have a particularly strong connection with Islamic Jihad. How, how strong are those connections at the moment? And how much are they making use of this, uh, this increase in terror attacks? So, you, you know, sometimes there is a tendency in Israel to overestimate uh, the Iranian involvement in Gaza. Uh, I would definitely say that Iran is, uh, is, is very much uh, pleased with the recent developments in, in, in Gaza. Uh, it has always been in favor of uh, uh, making uh, as much problems as, as, as it can to, to, to Israel. And, uh, and of course, the, the success, any kind of success to the so-called resistance uh, Camp or is this a movement uh, led by Iran and uh, uh, participate with, with the participation of uh, Hamas and the PIJ, the, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah is always considered as a success for, for Iran itself. But, uh, but I would say that the connections between Iran and Hamas uh, over the last few years uh, has been uh, has been quite uh, quite good uh, actually after the. The, the initial uh, problems they had with Hamas after the eruption of the civil war in Syria and the war in Yemen, where Iran was quite a disappointment from the, from, from the position taken by the Hamas, although it, it, uh, it always con uh, continued its effort to support Hamas. But uh, I would say that in the last few years, uh, despite the, the better relationship between Iran and Hamas, Hamas has never been a real Iranian proxy. Uh, Iran is always, Hamas has always been uh, uh, eager to to maintain its independence vis-a-vis uh, -vis Iran, and uh, even the PIJ, which is much more, uh, uh, I would say, uh, the, the dependent on Iran uh, in Gaza, and still, uh, I wouldn't say that uh, even the PIJ is uh, doing uh, everything Iran is is telling them them to do. So. Uh, so the, the, at the end of the day, I would say that Iran is quite satisfied with what's going on in Gaza, of course, but uh, its influence and its ability to, to make a difference in what's going on in Gaza is quite uh, restricted. I understand. Um, what about in Lebanon when you've got Hez, uh, the, uh, the Iranian proxy, Hezbollah, and there seems to be closer coordination with the, uh, the Hamas uh, wing, uh, Al-Aruri, who's based half the time in, in Beirut, and we saw kind of this other rocket fires on a small scale from Lebanon. How much do, would you say Hezbollah and Hamas are coordinated and connected these days? So there, is, there is, certainly has been uh, some coordination between Hamas and, uh, and Hezbollah. Uh, we've seen that uh, in the last uh, war in, in Gaza as well. 
But I would say that uh, it's, it's, it seems to me that uh, Hezbollah makes, uh, makes much efforts and Iran makes much efforts to, uh, on the one side, to, to, to show something uh, that, that Hezbollah is doing something perhaps to support the, the Palestinian struggle. But on the other hand, uh, neither Iran nor Hezbollah really wants a, a full-scale confrontation right now between Israel and uh, and Hezbollah. Hezbollah has always been considered by Iran as a means to uh, retaliate to Israel uh, if, if and when Israel is decide to attack nuclear facilities in Iran. That's the strategic goal of Iran. It certainly doesn't want to use Hezbollah uh, for the sake of, uh, of, of, of the Palestinians right now. Right, that makes makes sense. Let's let's focus now for a moment on the, uh, the Iran nuclear talks and, and the Vienna process that appears to be stuck at least for the last few weeks. And certainly, in terms of the uh, the public consumption, it appears that the issue is over the uh, the uh, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, being removed from the terror list. Um, how much do you see this as a as a serious concession? And do you think they can find some? creative language or, or compromise that can still salvage a deal? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer. Uh, on the one side, I, I would say that this, uh, this issue of the RGC uh, has certainly become the, the most important and significant issue right now. Uh, I would say that even if there are st- still several other unresolved issues, which I doubt, but even if there are some 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 uh, remained issues, the the main issue right now, which prevents Iran from signing the deal and the U.S., uh, is the is, is the IRGC. Uh, and, and, uh, basically, I would say that uh, um, as as this issue has become uh, so significant, I find it quite difficult to believe that Iran will be able to to just give it up. Uh, I mean, it's it's not just the issue of uh, the Iranian position saying that uh, look, it's it's uh, President Trump, which uh, included who included uh, the RGC within this uh, list, in order to make it much more difficult for for a future administration to to go back to the JCPOA. But it's 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 also has its uh, political and symbolic uh, meaning. I mean, uh, uh, the Iranians themselves know quite well that uh, even if uh, RGC is is removed from from this list. It, it won't have a much significant impact because the sanctions uh, on the Quds Forest and on the RGC in general are going to, to, to remain anyway. But, but the RGC, as, as, as you probably know, has, has become over the last uh, uh, two or three decades a major uh, player in not just in Iranian security uh, establishment, but also in Iranian economic and political uh, um, um, uh, game, and uh, especially this current government, the new government of President Raisi and uh, the foreign uh, minister Abdullahian are, are uh, considered to be very close to the RGC. This is no longer the time when when we could see some rifts between uh, President Rouhani and Foreign Minister Zarif and and the Revolutionary Guards. This time. This government is it's much more associated with the RGC, with the deep state. So uh, on the one side, I, I have to say I, I find it very, very unlikely that this issue will will be able to 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 find some some kind of Iran compromise from Iran. On the other side, I, I would say that my sense is still that Iran does want to go back to the JCPOA. Uh, so we will just have to wait for the uh, for the next visit of uh, of the European. Uh, uh, 
um, of, of Moria to, to Tehran this week to see if, if there are some, uh, some opportunities to bridge uh, the U.S. position and the Iranian position, for example, through the, this kind of, uh, of uh, making the distinction between the Quds Forest, which might uh, remain in, in, the, in the list, and uh, the rest of the RGC. Uh, but but it won't it won't be easy. Uh, we have to remember that the Iranian uh, original position has been that all sanctions which were imposed in Iran uh, during Trump's administration have to be removed. So uh, even if that's no longer the Iranian position and they're ready to somehow uh, make some compromise over this issue, the IRGC, due to its uh, its major position right now in Iran and the Iranian uh, political uh, decision making. Uh, it will be very difficult for them to to just uh, give it up. Do you think there's a distinction? Is, is there a valid distinction to make between the Al Quds Force and other aspects of the IRGC? Well, yeah, sure. The, 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 when you speak about Iran's involvement in terrorism and subversive activities, it's it's mainly the Quds Force. But the Quds Force is relatively small uh, organization within the IRGC. When you speak about the IRGC. You speak about ground forces, you, you speak about Navy, you speak about uh, Air Force and, and missiles, uh, you speak about RGC involvement in, in, in Iranian politics, in Iranian economy. Uh, so the, the Quds Force, despite its importance and significance, is still relatively uh, small part of the RGC. So basically, you can make a distinction between the Quds Force uh, and the, the rest of the RGC. But again, uh, that's something that, uh, that w- which the Iranians themselves will have to accept. And, and I'm not sure it, it will be that easy. Mm. And just on the process in, in Vienna, and um, we know that already kind of there have been proximity talks that the Iranians and the US don't sit in the same room, not even in the same hotel. But in a practical sense, and kind of the, the going, looking at the, uh, the P5 plus one going forward, how is it practical for the uh, for the US and the Russians, do you think, to cooperate and work together on this in the context of the Ukrainian conflict? Well, that's certainly one of the problems. And uh, actually, there, there has been some criticism even within Iran saying that uh, by not having direct talks between Iran and the United States, that makes this, the Russians much more uh, uh, powerful and influential. Uh, fortunately, perhaps, or unfortunately, it depends on where, where it stands, uh, uh, the, 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 the major issues uh, under uh, negotiations were actually resolved already. So uh, there, there are no longer talks in Vienna. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's, uh, it's all has to do right now with the political decisions made uh, both in Tehran and, and in Washington. But as we all remember, when uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov came up with this idea saying that uh, all future interactions between Iran and Russia after the removal of sanctions should uh, be uh, be allowed to, to be carried out without uh, sanctions on, on Russia. And that was in, uh, certainly one of the issues which uh, prevented uh, a deal a few weeks ago. But I would say that right now, as most or even I would say almost, almost all uh, issues were resolved, and it uh, it has all, all, uh, only has to do with uh, with this issue of the RGC. Uh, it's it's not very easy to to bridge um, the 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 the, 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 um, the, the those, uh, issues between the United States and Russia, but they are no longer that uh, important to uh, to prevent uh, to prevent uh, a deal if the decisions are made in Tehran. Fair enough. 
can we discuss for a moment the kind of the the, the content of the deal itself? Um, I mean, there were problems with the original deal, which you've written about uh, um, quite extensively. Um, but once the deal was signed, um, you thought that it should have been stuck stuck with it. Um, first of all, can you outline your your criticism of the original deal and give us your assessment of what you understand to be the uh, the, the, the content now? Well, I never thought that the JCPOA was the, the best deal ever signed in the history of humankind, you know, but uh, it certainly had some flaws, mainly the, the, the fact that um, most or all restrictions on Iran's nuclear uh, program were, uh, were expected to, to be removed between 8 to 15 years uh, after the JCPOA was signed. But I, I did think then, uh, and I still believe that, that the, in comparison to other options on the table, uh, it did give the international community and especially Israel uh, at least eight to fifteen years of uh, delaying Iran's nuclear uh, program, and that that's why that that was one of the the main reason why I thought that uh, Trump's decision to leave the JCPOA was a mistake. Uh, especially as as I never thought that the maximum pressure policy would would be efficient to. Uh, uh, to achieve its political goals. I mean, uh, certainly it had major impact on the Iranian economy, uh, and it certainly uh, uh, made the uh, Iranian economy deteriorate even further. But when it comes to the political uh, objectives, uh, uh, making Iran uh, capitulate or uh, making Iran accepting uh, more concessions when it comes to either its uh, nuclear program or, or any other issue, including the missiles or its regional policy, I, I never believe that Iran is going to uh, uh, to accept further uh, uh, further uh, um, um, agreements of several concessions. Uh, so uh, we are left right now with a very difficult and risky status quo uh, when Iran is uh, uh, is only weeks away from breakout capability, which makes the uh, the return to the JCPOA even even uh, much more. Uh, uh, um, much more required right now. Absolutely. Um, what's what's your current assessment of the ability of the um, of the IAEA to, uh, to to monitor their progress? Well, uh, as as long as there is no return to the JCPOA, I, I can see no really. Uh, um, it's very unlikely that Iran will fully cooperate with the IEA. I mean, even if there is an agreement and there is a return to the JCPOA, the Iranians have never been that eager to cooperate with the IEA, uh, especially regarding the the so-called uh, uh, military uh, aspects or uh, military. Uh, um, parts of, of its uh, past uh, nuclear uh, program. But uh, it's very, very, very clear that uh, uh, ever since Iran decided to withdraw from its commitments to the JCPOA in the summer of 2019, in addition to its uh, advanced, uh, very advanced progress uh, it has made in Iran's uh, nuclear pr program, it also made uh, the work of the IEA much more problematic. And as long as uh, there is no return to the JCPOA, I can see no real cooperation between the sides. Um, and, and the view from kind of from Israel and their their regional allies, we saw just over a month and a half ago the gathering of the uh, of the Negev summit of the Abraham Accord countries um, plus uh, plus Egypt um, and the and the US joining as well. How how much of a unified message do you think uh, um, they the, the Americans received from Israel and their Gulf allies? 
Well, when it comes to the issue of the IRGC, they certainly got a unified message by both Israel and um, its uh, new uh, partners or allies in, in, in the Persian Gulf and the Arab in the Arab world, because uh, that uh, seems to be a mutual interest of both Israel and Iran's neighbors in the Arab world, uh, uh, not to uh, not to 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 have this. Uh, uh, this uh, U.S. decision of uh, delisting the IRGC, the IRGC, I would even say that uh, unlike Israel, which uh, considers the nuclear issues number prior as the number one priority, uh, Iran's neighbors, uh, especially the UAE and uh, and uh, Bahrain and even Saudi Arabia, considers Iran uh, Iran's malign activity in the region and subversive activities as as perhaps even more uh, threat. Uh, to, to, to deal with. So that certainly relayed a message to the United States. Uh, but, but basically, I would say that the U.S. decision whether to go back to the JCPOA or, to the JCPOA or not, or even to the list or not to the list, the IRGC uh, have much more to do with the U.S. Uh, decision-making and uh, its, uh, its own uh, interest, uh, whether it's, uh, it wants to, to, to take the nuclear issue back into the box uh, or to uh, to 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 uh, to continue its uh, uh, to continue the status quo right now, which is of course very difficult for the for the U.S., especially uh, in light of the of the of the developments in in Europe. Yeah, you mentioned Iran and their their regional role. What's your what's your current assessment of kind of how much in terms of I suppose the Israel focus has always been on the entrenchment in Syria both the smuggling of, uh, of advanced weapons to Hezbollah, but also um, Shiite proxies uh, close to the border. How, how do you currently assess uh, the Iranian uh, moves there? So on, on the one side, you can certainly say that the Israeli uh, activities in Syria, uh, in addition to the, I would say, uh, stabilization of the, of the situation in Syria, uh, makes it uh, much more difficult for Iran to continue its efforts to... Uh, to entrench itself in Syria. We've certainly saw a reduction in the IRGC forces in Syria over the last two years. They are using more and more uh, Syrian locals, uh, recruit them to pro-Iranian militias working in, inside Syria. They certainly face much uh, um, many obstacles when they want to continue their efforts to deliver uh, to deliver precise weapons to Hezbollah, mainly again due to the Israeli efforts. They also have kind of uh, uh, competition sometimes with the with the Russians over the uh, influence in Syria uh, after the civil war. Uh, Turkey is still there. Uh, the U.S. still preserves some of its uh, forces in Syria. So, so certainly, if you if you look at what Iran wanted to achieve in, in Syria uh, and compare that to what Iran really uh, achieved in Syria, there is a, a, a very big gap between the two. Uh, but nevertheless, I would say that Iran has, has much patience and uh, uh, it still uh, very much uh, uh, wants to, to, to make use of its uh, presence and its influence in Syria uh, even today in order to achieve uh, more, uh, more influence, especially uh, when it comes to the economic influence. Uh, just as, as we speak, um, uh, Iranians uh, have just uh, reported about a visit of Bashar Assad today in, in, in Tehran. Uh, so uh, I would say that the relationship between Iran and, and Syria are still uh, strategic. Uh, Syria has no 
uh, intention to 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 draw uh, the Iranians uh, out of Syria. Uh, but uh, but certainly um, the situation in Syria today makes it uh, much more difficult for Iran uh, to 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 be involved, even when it comes to the economic involvement. You know, the, there there has been some criticism even within Iran uh, over the Syrian conduct when it comes to uh, to uh, uh, getting Turkish businessmen and Russian businessmen. Uh, um, the opportunities to invest in Syria, and there are more and more questions being raised in Iran. Why, why don't the Syrians let uh, more Iranian uh, businessmen uh, invest in in the in the Syrian economy? They also uh, certainly follow the recent uh, uh, improvement of relations between Syria and some of the Arab states, including the UAE, and that makes the Iranians concerned. But but again, they they have the patience, they have the time. They have the energy, and they certainly don't want to. Uh, and they, they have no uh, intention to to just leave Syria after all the all the efforts they they put there. Um, thank you for that. If you just go back for us for a moment to to the nuclear deal, the potential potential deal. You, you highlighted kind of the problematic nature of the of the sunset clauses that are kind of are not going to be extended. Um, but beyond that, kind of where else is the critique and what would you what if you were advising the Israeli government, is there anything that they can do? I mean, we know they've taken a different approach from the previous government of kind of airing their concerns to the US administration quietly trying to seek influence. But what would how would you advise them to uh, to, to focus on on the what, what elements of the deal? Well, well for, first of all, I'm not, I'm not sure that the Israeli government has much to do, um, much much to do, and um, much how to influence this, this issue. I mean, uh, the, mm. the negotiations were between Iran and P5 plus one. It's very clear to everyone, including Israel, that the the current uh, U.S. administration, whether we like it or not, wants to 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 uh, to, to return to the JCPOA. And and basically, I would say that uh, again, when when I compare the different options on the table. Uh, and I, I have to say, I, I don't really think there is a very good plan B uh, for in case there is no return to the JCPOA, because uh, if, if there is no return to the JCPOA, uh, I find it very difficult to believe that uh, continued uh, pressure, U.S. pressure, and even, uh, um, even if the U.S. puts more efforts to, to uh, better enforce the sanctions on oil exports from Iran to China, for existence, for example, I, I don't think that that would make us uh, much difference. Iran has has shown again, and again over the last few years that uh, it's uh, it's capable of uh, adapting its economy to to sanctions. It certainly had uh, uh, um, had major impact on the Iranian economy and. Over the last few days, we 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 also see uh, some protests going on in Iran over the issue of uh, of uh, bread prices. So so there are certainly major economic problems in Iran. But uh, but my view has never been that Iran was on the verge of uh, economic collapse. So I think that even if the U.S. continues its uh, efforts, uh, it it won't make much difference. So other than that, and the continued uh, so-called covert activities. Uh, attributed to Israel against some some nuclear sites in Iran, or of course the issue of uh, military option, which in my view is very difficult to uh, to use right now. Uh, I, I I personally think that uh, a return to the JCPOA right now will at least give Israel uh, a few years, extra years, to perhaps prepare itself better for the possibility of Iran as a 
uh, as a threshold nuclear state in, in a few years from now. And I certainly hope that uh, before sunset, uh, there will be a, an opportunity for the US or the 55 plus one and Iran to reach a deal over the extension of, of the JCPOA. But uh, I have to be realistic, and especially uh, this current government in Iran, the, the government of President Raisi, uh, I, I can't be too optimistic about uh, the prospects of uh, reaching uh, an understanding between Iran and, and the international community over, over that issue. No, I mean, we saw as, as when, uh, when uh, President Biden came in and uh, Secretary of State Blinken was talking about kind of uh, a longer and, uh, long, longer and stronger deal, that seems to be seems to be quite unrealistic at this at yeah, this stage. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and and I have to I have to say, and I have to admit, as as someone who who uh, did not uh, uh, was not against the JCPOA and was certainly against uh, the withdrawal from the deal, uh, I have to admit that uh, going back to the JCPOA right now in 2022 is a return to not not just not to. Uh, stronger and longer JCPOA, but a return to a shorter and weaker JCPOA, mainly mm. due to the, to the progress made over the last two years in Iran, especially when it comes to, to research and development. I mean, if the Iranians know how to enrich uranium to 60%, for example, uh, even, if, uh, even if they can roll back some of the progress made over the last two and a half years, uh, they will not go exactly to the, to the same point they were in 2015. So most assessments today is that even if there is a return to the JCPOA, the Iranians are probably going to be something between six to eight months away uh, from breakout capability in comparison to 12 months away from, from breakout. Uh, but still, uh, it's, it's, all, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a decision between uh, bad and the worse. That, that's mm -hmm. my guess. And just one last question. You mentioned uh, earlier about the kind of the issue over bread prices in, uh, in inside Iran. I wonder if you could just give us a flavour of other issues on the uh, on the domestic agenda. And uh, President Raisi, he came in, I think, in August last year. If you can kind of assess any his popularity and how how his uh, his uh, how his term is being viewed so far. Well, I would say that the, the most important issue right now is the sense that uh, he just uh, can't uh, deliver the, the promises he made, especially when it comes to the economic issue. And, and that, that, that's the, the number one issue today in Iran, with all due respect to other issues, such as uh, the nuclear issue and, uh, and, um, and you know, uh, uh, human rights uh, issues and the women but the number one priority right now for the majority of the Iranian population is the economic issue and the inflation, which is over 40 percent, uh, and the unemployment. And, 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 and Raisi made some promises to, to solve those problems. And uh, it's very clear that he can't do that. Uh, he, it, will, it will be almost impossible to do that without sanctions relief, uh, with all due respect to the so-called uh, resistance economy or resilient economy, it, it just uh, it can it it can certainly the Iranian can, economy can perhaps survive the sanctions, but they 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 just can't uh, deal with the sanctions for uh, uh, with uh, and, and get uh, a major economic improvement without that. Uh, so you can see uh, both uh, uh, growing criticism from within the political establishment against President Raisi, uh, although both the parliament, the Majlis, and the president uh, are now occupied by conservatives, 
but still, there are some criticism uh, and, and rifts between the Majlis, the, the Parliament, and, and the President uh, over, over the economic uh, situation. And as I mentioned before, there, there is also growing, uh, uh, there are growing protests in Iran, including in the recent days, over the issue of, uh, of the government's uh, economic uh, policy, which, uh, um, which have failed to address the issue of uh, inflation and actually uh, prices have, uh, have come up, not just in Iran, but of course in Iran it, it has different meaning. Uh, it doesn't mean, of course, that the government is uh, under too much pressure and, and that, uh, that uh, uh, we are going to face a major uh, protests in Iran as we saw in, in November 2019 or the or end of 2000, or 2017. But certainly, uh, the, the political and especially the economic circumstances in, in Iran are, are very difficult to, uh, to address. And, and in my view, that, that, that's, that might give uh, some uh, uh, or encourage in some way Iran's decision to go back to the JCPOA. Again, not, not because uh, they, they certainly know that even a return to the JCPOA will not solve all the problems, but uh, sanctions relief uh, might help them in a way to, uh, to, 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 to get some of the promises for economic improvement uh, uh, materialized. Raz, we could go on, but it was, I think we should stop it there, at least for now. Thank you so much for talking to us today. My pleasure. Thank you.